0: Welcome to Q and A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. And welcome back. Yes, you're listening to a deeper dive with Sam Holm, and um, my name is Mark Presley, and I'm sitting here with Sam. Uh, We started this back into the new year. This is our second episode. If you haven't heard of the new year, not we're in like episode 30, I think now, but our second episode of the new year. Sitting here with Sam, we are for this first kind of semester, first quarter through to Easter. We're working through the book of Mark. If you're doing our reading plan, that's at firstmckinney.com com slash Bible you're reading along with us uh, the sermons we're preaching kind of fit uh, this week it's a, a little weird as we go into chapter three it doesn't quite fit but it's okay you read chapter 3 at the very beginning of the week and if you're on the reading plan with us but we're gonna look at what we did last Sunday with Sam he was in mark 2 and we were talking about a Levi inviting Jesus in a uh, tax collector coming to the table a little bit of messy stuff but before I let Sam read Recap kind of where that sermon is. Let me remind you first off, like, share, uh, for, certainly share this podcast with others so they know a lot. We took a little bit of break over Christmas, so it helps us to get the word out, to tell other people about what's happening uh, here at the church. And and we really uh, are excited about what's happening here. That's why we keep doing this. But So like, share, all that. If you want to hear any of the sermons last week, any of the Christmas sermons, and as we go forward, those are at firstmckinney.com slash on demand. And then as always, if you want to submit a question uh, for the sermon or just in general for us to discuss, uh, text the word question to 96123. You'll get a prompt, and then follow that prompt, and I will get the question, several others, and we'll discuss that. We've even had one live on the air as we record this. <laughs> That's but, right. While
1: we're we recording, a question came in. But want to
0: welcome you. Uh, we're recording this this morning, so I want to welcome you this morning, Sam. And why don't you recap Mark 2, what you preached 13 through 17. So as we walk through the book of Mark,
1: we're going to see Jesus call so many people to follow him. And there's a specific group, his disciples, that have even this higher call that we see in the book of Mark. In chapter one, we saw the first call, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Like Jesus from the beginning was making disciples who would make disciples. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That God has made us to multiply. And so what, what I, I kind of did going into hey what what part of chapter two, because as we walk through the book as fast as we're walking, we're not preaching every verse, which is kind of hard for me. What could really summarize what we're reading in chapter two, three, four, and even five and six, we see Jesus healing a whole lot of people, casting out a whole lot of demons why? Like, what was the point in that? Well, part, I think, was for him to show the world who he was, right? Part of the gospel, that we have a real king, a real kingdom. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. And so he was was letting us know who he was. But in chapter two, he tells us why. And so we looked at that this last week. He calls a tax collector, Levi, the other uh, not the brand of jeans. Not the brand of jeans. So we know it's Matthew Levi or Levi Matthew. We know he had two names because uh, Matthew and Luke tell us the same story, and Mark will list him in chapter 3 as Matthew. And so Matthew Levi, this tax collector, he calls to follow him, and the religious leaders have a big deal, like really upset with this, right? They're like, why would you go? The tax collector was incredibly negative figure in their culture. They they would list him in some of their writing in line with murderers, right? And people that were just out to hurt and, and robbers like other people. And so he calls a tax collector, and then he finds himself in his home sitting at a table with what they call other, many other, they say many other
0: tax collectors and sinners that had uh, been chosen, invited to follow him. So I'm going to interrupt you because yeah. There was something you said in the sermon, and you just said it again, yeah. that I had never caught in that reading, but when you said, his home, yeah, talk through that a little bit. Yeah, so interacting with, I actually had two emails this
1: last week from people that are doing the Bible reading with us that said, hey, I've never noticed until reading through Mark right now that it's referred to, Jesus' home is referred to over and over again. This is, we don't know for sure if it is Jesus' home, his, or actually Levi's home, his and I think but, you said Peter's. Yeah, it could be Peter's, right? So when it does, when in several passages, it is clear that it's referring to his home. the The home that is re- being referred to there is Peter. Like he was living with Peter in Capernaum. Peter was the one that was telling Mark these stories. Mark traveled with Peter and was writing down the gospel. And so, how cool to think about Jesus had a house and he had a table that he ate at. Uh, and Peter had invited him in. And do you then, think it
0: was a clean house? You think messy house? What do you think?
1: Uh, so if he was perfect in every way, and, which he was, uh, his closet was not clean, but he was straightened in other areas. But then he would leave out some stuff so
0: that the guests would feel comfortable, not feel like they had to clean up too much before. And probably but, in the time, they didn't hang a lot of stuff on the walls <laughs> like we do, you know, because there wasn't drywall. It right. was mud or whatever, right. the stucco, whatever was there. What do you think Jesus had on the walls of his home. So some
1: of y'all can't see Mark's face right now, but you're enjoying the fact with us, I hope, that we're having fun being sarcastic. That's a good question. If, if you know, he probably was a Cowboy fan, and so he had uh, the, the Eagles f- uh, flag upside down and the Dallas Cowboy flag right side up so that, Everyone that
0: came would understand might get us in trouble for that one that's right <laughs> like did he have on the like a shelf with things like from each miracle <laughs> that he kept little collections or probably a that. bottle of mud from you know putting mud on the eyes of the guy or you know whatever <laughs> a, a cloth from the guy they let down through the roof which was in this chapter two wasn't it that they were so I, I don't know what he had on the walls but his garage probably looked like
1: yours because he did woodwork and so do you Mark Presley. So, so which is funny. Okay, okay. I got he's, you off. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. So his home, like he's in his house, sitting with these people, and so we were asking really the question on Sunday. Okay, really, well, how do you summarize these chapters? But if Jesus said, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men," what kind of men was he fishing for? And he he went to the one that the culture looked down on them, even the religious leaders. Uh, if if for in Jewish law like if if a tax collector had entered into your home it was considered unclean and Jesus took it a step further and said I'm not just in here inviting you, I'm going to sit at a table with you we use the illustration of the middle school lunchroom and the symbol that is right and and of uh, being invited into the table and Jesus in a in a culture that when you were sitting at the table it was symbolizing acceptance and friendship he sat down with these people and so the big points that we took away uh who was at jesus table the those with problems were invited in uh physical problems he was healing all the time uh spiritual problems that the the possessed right what he would uh, cast out the demons and they would follow him the social problems like the the tax collector in his own life uh he brought them into his table and then interestingly enough those with pride that thought they were better the pharisees are left out and so he gives this, this radical statement in verse just uh, chapter 2 verse 17 those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick i came not to call the righteous but Centers. so if you're listening right now and you feel left out on any sur- social circle physical circle spiritual circle you think you're not good enough not cool enough not fast enough not smart enough uh, Jesus targeted you and uh, he loves you he sent him Jesus came to die for you right he lived a perfect life he died in your place he rose again he loves you and he wants to invite you to repent believe follow him and be part of the kingdom uh, if you think you're better than someone else, uh, watch out! Uh, you're left out. Uh, so that was Sunday.
0: It was your illustration, and if you haven't listened to it yet, he he used Sam talked about when he was in middle school, and it hit home right away because i don't know any parents out there listening but that's the fear you start a new school my brother just moved into town and they started at some new schools and it's actually not the classes you're worried about those first few days it's the lunchroom lunchroom. and it could be middle school it could be high school you know in elementary school they they tell them where to sit Mm -hmm. all that but it is you get that tray and you turn around and you look out and you go where do i sit yep now It's a scary moment, but it is. And you talked about a friend coming up and and talking to you. And I actually had the conversation with my kids in the car, uh, not on the way home, but later that day. uh, We had a small group and we're coming back and we had the discussion. Are you reaching out to the people around you? Mm. So maybe you do feel loved right now, but I'd even turn the tables, uh, pun intended, and say, who are you inviting to sit at your table? That's right. You know, are you, are you inviting the messy in? And it kind of, I'm going to jump right into these questions because one of them, you and I were talking ahead of time. uh, It goes, I'm going to try to read it. It's written a little weird, but in your sermon, you said those with problems are invited in. That was your first point. Those with problems are invited in. And basically I'm going to put some words there. Life is messy and people are messy. Mm -hmm. What does discipling messy people. So take it beyond salvation, but to discipling. What does discipling messy people look like? Yep. So everybody's messy. Uh,
1: those who think they're not messy, you can't disciple. Uh, those who are messy, right. I realize they need to grow and change and hopefully we can all have a humble posturing in that it gets more complicated. When you have people that are so messy that they become dependent almost initially and immediately, right? Um, People that are so needy that they can't afford their food or they don't have another friend and so, or they're so emotionally unstable that they need you to step up and be their stability, right? Right. So here's and there. I told you when we looked at this question, uh, the last thing I pulled from my sermon on Sunday. You only have so much time, and I'm teaching this passage and this point. But it was interesting as I studied this passage last week, and I was reading through in our Bible reading prayer. Also, we're inviting you to read through Proverbs. In Proverbs, it brings up over and over again that you should not be close friends with fools, right? Bad company corrupts. Yeah, bad company corrupts good morals. So uh, what was interesting for me is that at first was saying, okay, well, don't get too close to messy people. But then I realized in this passage that the messy people are really those that think they're not messy. Uh, The prideful people and so I would look back on, and even uh, in my own home, as I've counseled my daughter on friendships that she steps into and steps out of, there are some people that look needy that you are trying to serve, but when you get close, that need is really pride. It's, uh, people are condescending to other people. They're cutting of other people. They, they really are more Pharisees than they are tax collectors. So, I don't know if I am answering it. I am going to interesting to hear your words, thoughts back. I would say you want to get close to the people who realize they're needy and want help, which will ultimately be Jesus. You want to stay away from, and you can't d- disciple people who don't think they're sick, that that are self righteous, like we talked about. And that would go back to Jesus' words. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinner. So you have to weigh that. Like uh, what one of your coworkers, your neighbors, your classmates. Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen people that look needy at school that my daughter has wanted to reach out to, that when you got closer, there were really more Pharisees than there were tax collectors.
0: I would say deep down, and a couple things, not that they're not biblical, but just some common sense. Um, in saying this, you know, it takes a village. So I would say it being doing life together with other people in a discipleship group is what you need. Yeah. And everybody's life when you, when you pull back a couple layers is a mess. The truth is now some people's mess is a little bigger than other people's mess. Yeah. And some people can handle more, uh, I, someone once gave me an illustration of a plate, yeah. and some people's plates are a lot bigger than other people's plates, and right. they can handle a little more going on, and and that kind of thing. But doing life together is well worth it. Yeah. At the same time, discipleship is that it's helping people through those needs and and finding the needs. At the same time, it is that fine balance of what you're talking about in Proverbs. I think, um, you know, and I try to teach my kids in my own life who's influencing you. Yes. That's good, you know, and, and it really comes down to that: is who's influencing you, and I think that's what it's talking about. You know, bad company corrupts; bad company influences you, um, and and if if you're realizing it. Uh, There's some barometer in our small group. We were talking about barometers and -hmm. and looking at our life positive, negative barometers. If there's some barometer out there that you know, okay, this is influencing me, you probably need to back away from that. At Mm -hmm. the same time, back to your middle school, and I'm just rambling here, but your middle school lunchroom illustration, you grab that tray, you turn around, are you looking for the unloved in the room? Yeah. You know, you come to church and you normally hang out with your friends or go to your life group. Are you walking down the hall and seeing if someone needs help? Yeah. And they might look just like you. That's right. But they still need help. And you can see it in their eyes. Yeah. You know uh, when they need help. And they might need as simple as directions to someplace and they may need a lot more than that. But are you, as you walk down the halls, maybe you're, you're, about to head to work as you're listening to this and you're walking down the halls of work, are you kind of looking for the unloved? Because I think that's what Jesus was doing. Yeah. And I think that's what he's calling us. And we are, like I said, we're at the first of this, we're walking through Mark. And you said last week, or I might have said it, Mark is this fast-paced gospel. Um, you know, Mark was a cool guy, by the way, but Mark is this fast-paced <laughs> really, gospel. <Mark? laughs> and uh, it's it's just one of those things that, We wish we could cover all of it so there's just little snippets but it's it's well worth it and i think that's what we're learning here i got off there so we went
1: longer on that question than maybe need be but i'll say one last thing i'm so thankful for those that reached out to me like and i talked about luke henderson this last week and i could list the, i mean in my life in my daughter's lives i mean there's so many uh youth in our church that reached out and included my daughter when she came when she started school continually right now and i think she's incredible uh but there's people that have loved and pulled her in and i'm so thankful for the parents that are out there right now i'm just thankful for your children and the way that they've loved and treated my children those at, at our school that are not part of our church that have done that come alongside of her and been a friend So I'm just, uh, yeah, what does it look like for us
0: to be Jesus, to not just follow him but fish for men like he did? Okay, that's another question that's in here. Um, The tax collector left the table, says he left the table, and followed Jesus. Okay? So it was more than just believing. So talk through a little bit. This is simple faith, but talk through a little bit the difference of just believing in Jesus and following Jesus. Yeah, so the week prior is a great question. Softball and, question just yeah, tossed right in there for you.
1: Yeah, well, actually, it's it's one of the more complicated questions, frankly, as you talk about discipleship. Can you be a true Jesus believer and not a Jesus follower? As some would say it farther. Can you be a Christian and not seek to follow Christ? Let me say it even deeper way. Like if 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 disciples by definition, Jesus said, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." Can you be a Christian and not disciple others? That that, that question's asked a ton in different
0: ways, in different books, and whatever. And let me ask this. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt you on this. I know you're mid thought. Yeah. Because you just said this. Can anyone disciple, or is it just for leaders?
1: Yeah. No, I believe anyone and everyone can follow Christ, and as you follow Christ, he can make disciples through you, not of you, but of himself. So everybody, yeah, we're all a mess. He uses messes to point people to him, and our weakness, Christ is made perfect. So uh, a few, uh, not this week, but last week, as we were looking at chapter one, Jesus came preaching the gospel, right? He said, time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? What's well, what he's about to do in and through his life. Repent and believe in the gospel. Different times in Mark, they'll use one or the other of those words, but there's also another word that he uses sometimes without using one or the other of those words, and he uses it two verses later, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So I do believe, Scripture tells us demons believe in shudder, but they're not in heaven. What's the difference? The demon has not had a turn in their life towards Christ, they're still doing their own thing on right, going that. There's not a repentance, that word, an inner turning, and so it's I believe happens all at the same time. Not perfectly, you don't move into maturity. The disciples, it's evident in the in the gospels, they were still a mess as they were seeking to do that, but there was an effort to turn to follow Christ. There was a, uh, and some would say that effort doesn't happen on our strength. It's the Spirit of God working in us when we believe. But there's a turning to God from our sin, and that we grow, we develop, and as we do that, right, He works in and through us to help us understand that He wants us to fish for men. He wants to use us to be part of His plan, which is awesome, it's something He wants for us, not from us. Uh, it's life-giving to
0: watch Him work in and through us to make disciples. Did I answer that question? I, I think you did, and I would I would even add something. We were just in a meeting, and Chris mentioned for so long, we think, Oh, if we just disciple this person and it's more than that, it's by discipling that you're discipling that discipling that person, you're discipling the person behind them and behind them and behind them. It's, it's more of a path Yes, through, you know, discipling that it's not just an end game. Mm-hmm. If I disciple, I'm, I'm, a fishers of men no it's fishers of men plural mm-hmm. you know and it's it's kind of that multiplication mm. model yes so. that sounds that's a good word yes it is <laughs> so um i'm not sure i'm, I'm going to give you a chance to think if there was anything else from your study that you wanted to expound on but in the meantime i uh i wanted to say uh, a tough question that came in okay this So think present time, Jesus is there. How can he forgive? Because he said he forgave. How can he forgive without having died yet? It's
1: a great question. So beginning of chapter 2, uh, they have their four friends that bring their friend to Jesus. They cut a hole in Peter's roof where Jesus was staying to get their friend to Jesus. They lower him down.
0: And it says Jesus sees their... As they were lowering, he said, hey, there's the collection of the miracle stuff that you... <laughs> Ooh, there we go,
1: yeah, on the wall. And, and no, the, he didn't the, say that. The Philadelphia Eagle poster upside down. Uh, yeah, so so it says that he saw their faith, not just his faith, but their faith, which is interesting. Like, how did ever all the... But he saw their faith. And then he says, your sins are forgiven. Now, he's going to heal the leper, but the first thing he says is your sins are forgiven. How can Jesus forgive sin? He hasn't died yet, is the question. Okay? And we'll see this in, in Mark. Here's what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches the people in the Old Testament were not saved because they offered sacrifices. The people in the Old Testament were saved by faith. Uh, we walk through Romans. Paul makes this argument in the book of Romans. They were saved the same way we were saved. They were believing in a coming Messiah that would be sent. They were, they were believing in a coming king who would reign. They may not have fully understood the suffering servant that Isaiah described who would die to take away the sin of the world, but they were believing that he would come. And their faith, and again, repenting, turning from their way to God's way and trusting in God's way, uh, the, that, faith, that faith saved. So that was before Jesus died. This is also before Jesus died, but it's still their faith that saves them. Uh, they're seeing what Jesus is doing. They may not fully understand that this means he's going to die on the cross, that he is also, but that they do believe that he is doing something that's supernatural and that he, we, we, I would say there's pointing to what Peter will confess in a few chapters that you are the Christ. That's the faith that saves. And that's the faith because they're going to believe in what he did in their place that will forgive their sin. Is that fair?
0: Fair. Ooh, yes. Interesting you, question. You agree? <laughs> you agree? I do agree. Yes. Um, life's not fair. Yeah, you know. That's that's true. It's wrong. Uh, yeah. Wrong. That's right. We serve a sovereign God. So is it fair? Was it clear? I should ask. <laughs> Correct. And and you do agree? Um, yeah. I do agree. And I would even say, look to the end of Jesus' life. Mm-hmm. He's on the cross. He says to the one thief you'll be in heaven with me today. So he's able to forgive and he has a diet. So good. So and I love uh, that. That's pushing us to dive deeper like the deeper dive podcast uh, yeah, to yeah, dig yeah. into. Yes. Um and I don't know if there's anything you want to add, but I do I do have a challenge as we go unless you want to issue that yeah. challenge. So my ad
1: is what I tried to close our sermon with and you alluded to earlier in our time and that's who is who's at your table, right? And even challenging the church to say, "Hey, Uh, If if all that we do is just grow relationships with people that are just like us, right? One maybe already know God, are already following God, uh, or are same financial status as us. Or I mean, yesterday was Martin Luther King Day. You know, or do they look just like us? If we if we're only hanging out with people that are like us and we look down on others, then we look a lot like the Pharisees. Not like Jesus. If we're following Jesus and fishing for men like He did, uh, there's going to be outcasts that we're hanging out with, and so just challenging us to look at the tables, literally, maybe the physical tables in your life. Are you ever eating meals with people that are outcasts in our our? Society? If they're not, like we we want our church to be full of people that look like Matthew more than they look like. The pharisees uh not self-righteous people but people that trust in the righteousness that jesus has
0: given i think you're just talking about it but way earlier podcast take us takes us back to romans the echo chamber yes and are you are you just in an echo chamber yes you know and if you need to go back and find that one i do before we go in i want to give you the final word i've never done this but i want to thank andrew who is if you haven't met andrew he's walking around the church he has the long locks of hair uh, up in the sound booth, but he records us every day and I've never taken the chance to just say thank you for that. He and Garrett, uh, but it's normally Andrew in here. Garrett's the other uh, one of the dynamic duo that, that record all this and make it happen and get it out there. But again, I want, cause he's doing all that work. Uh, I do want to make sure you like, Comment, share All yeah, the things you would yeah. do With the podcast Yeah,
1: and I'll add to that I know he said that We're not trying to get famous In this. this This is the way we find out One, if it's helpful for you Well, speak and for that, yourself I yeah. would like to be famous oh, I'm, you, oh, kidding. Okay, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding Okay, there we go Actually, one of our Former pastors Used to say often We weren't made to be famous we We're made to make Someone famous Who's Jesus And so that's the point of that The reason we ask you to do that Let us know if it's helpful But it also Gets the information out there If it was really helpful for you more. This is the way That social media works now It literally The algorithms kick in when you're like, commenting, sharing, and then it gets it to other people to help them. So if, if it was helpful, it lets us
0: know that so we know to keep doing it, and then it also gets it out there to help other people. And uh, if you want to catch up with those sermons, I said it at the first, firstmckinney.com slash on demand. If you're doing the Bible reading, you're welcome to jump in with us. Uh, We're in Mark 4 right now as we're recording this. Uh, It's firstmckinney.com slash Bible. And if you've been doing the Bible reading plan, I want to encourage you because this is about the time when those New Year's resolutions start to die off. Keep going. Go strong. Share it with someone else. And then my challenge, and I'll give you the last word, is as we talk about your table, you were saying that, and I said it. As you walk down the halls of wherever you're at, maybe you're walking your street, make a new friend today. Invite someone new to your table. I love it. Love it. Great challenge. Can't wait
1: for next week. Invite you as you listen in our services. Text the question to 96123.
0: Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting QUESTION to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.